Hey, y'all, it's Kristen and Christine from The Takeover. We're growing and loving the engagement via social media and through our audio platforms. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's hashtag The Takeover with Kristen and Christine. Listen, rate, and comment on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at The Takeover CC to join the conversation. Now let's get into the episode. You are now tuned into the takeover with Kristen, Christine, and Piff Marty. okay y'all know what this is um so we have pimani in the studio obviously we have him here because season two is all about the young movers and the shakers Mm. the go-getters and the takers okay so today we welcome pimani to the studio he's a rapper playwright motivational speaker i don't know if you actually (laughs) if you ascribe to that um i'll take it yeah, and you're a comic. I can tell yeah, you're class a comic. Act. Class yeah. act. Class clown. I could see you that you could have won that one. Yeah. For so, real, yes. For real. Um, Mr. Piff Marty, a.k.a. Sexy Dominican Chula 93. <laughs> at gmail.com if you want to holler at him. I confidence. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Harlemite. And he's genuinely a cool dude, you know? Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah, you know? he yeah, feels I, like a bro. Because you're, like, really just chill. Yeah, I, I feel like it, I need to be like that because I don't like being standoffish. I don't like when people standoffish to me because yeah. I take that personally, and I'm like, "Why are you acting like this?" So I, I try to give good energy. So mm-hmm. it comes yeah. back in return. Yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nah, the, for sure. Like the vibes. Like, well, we could talk about how we met him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to start. Do you want me to start? I could start. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I put out a song called "Do You Know?" And my friend Desiree, she had uh, shared it on um instagram and then out of nowhere i see uh i get a mention from the takeover podcast reposting the song i'm like who are these people and then (laughs) and then it was just dope because you didn't you guys didn't have to do that you know Mm -hmm. and i just started i didn't just start making music but i just like got back into it and just to see the reaction from people who i didn't ask to share it sharing it it's it's pretty cool and that's how and i just I guess y'all got in contact with me. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I yeah. smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. I'm <laughs> But yeah, I think it's also a testament to your work. Because once I saw, first of all, the artwork is bomb. Art to work. So then mm-hmm. that automatically caught my eye. And then I was like, wow. Like, first of all, genuine appreciation of a woman, which you don't yes. find too often. <laughs> and then the, the lyricism. And mm-hmm. then I listened to a couple of other songs. And then I went down a deep rabbit hole. was like searching on YouTube and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, um, some of your previous work. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, I sure did. Okay. <laughs> and then I saw the the latest one. Um, at four that years? time, of four years. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, wow, growth. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing in between that span of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like, oh, so what 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 happened there? But then that span of time is crucial because the improvement. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just the idea of the next songs that that come out, like, well, that will be coming out, like four years like thinking about that that span of time and Word. that gap it's like there were things that happened during that time and so for us to be Absolutely. able to be able to talk to you about you know the before the four years and now is so dynamic for us because we're qu- kind of like in that same place too right like we started off as a radio show back where Desiree met us we were freshmen mm-hmm. we were having, having the ideas I actually was DJing on campus Desiree asked me to DJ one of the first you know <laughs> setups at Amherst and Ooh, we used to get a lot of tr- well we could have gotten we could have gotten into a lot of trouble Christine used to DJ um, events that um, the school did not um, the school did not approve, approve of, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean they approved it for something else and become something else you know transformations you know changes you know mm-hmm. four years so you so, finesse <laughs> pretty much finesse yeah. yeah and some people didn't appreciate the finesse but Desiree appreciated my finesse so Amen. thank you Desiree when you Desiree. listen to this shout out to Desiree love you um, but nonetheless from there you know we were you know kind of just you know talking we were at different events and things like that and then we just popped up on the radio scene um, we were living in our um, in Drew House, the Black Culture House. We did it as a project, um, and then it just became our hobby. It became our thing. It became the takeover with Kristen and Christine. And then we took another hiatus when we came back home. 
because we didn't have radio you know we didn't have the plugs here we couldn't finesse it in new york saturated market mm. and then all of a sudden we show up as a podcast and people are like okay wow like refined okay wow like new thing like even taking another hiatus between season one season two now we're here it's like it's the same thing working on the craft and so we could definitely see from your art that you've been working on your craft yeah absolutely and the reason why i took a break was not not necessarily to work on my craft or anything like that it was more of a writer's block slash insecurity kind of thing because mm. when i was rapping before i had like a high sense of confidence but in a it was a false sense of confidence mm. it was more to overcompensate for my lack of confidence in myself even though i did believe in my my rapping ability um getting told no when i expected to get told yes mm. broke me mm. you know what i'm saying you understand me like yeah. um, for example i was on 106 and part freestyle friday right mm. didn't prepare and then I lost and I was like, wow, am I trash? <laughs> and then uh, it went into a snowball effect where when I've, like I said, when I kept being told no or not getting what I expected when it came to other projects, I wanted to like drop a project and then get signed right there. I didn't get signed right there mm. or I didn't get a bunch of retweets and likes on and views on my things. I'm like, damn, this sucks. Mm -hmm. And it made me it made me quit. Wow. You know? I feel like automatically with just seeing the song title and I'm like, oh, something is going on there. Me and her like going back and forth. We do this mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of artists. We a like whole bunch of artists. Overanalyze black studies majors. You, know? mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you gotta um, you start from the surface, then you delve deep, then right, you delve deeper. Right. Say deeper. more. Say more. <laughs> what do you have to go on? Um but yes, before we delve deeper into your music, I wanted to know if there's um any other crafts that you are de developing. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe crafts that assist with the music crafts that are like completely outside of the music we know you're a playwright so we we learned that from social media mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well i just became a playwright actually mm -hmm. it was just out of nowhere so i'm working on that too um i didn't expect for that to happen it just happened out of nowhere so but once i saw the reaction that i got um for those that don't know i won the kennedy kennedy center college theater festival <laughs> snaps, snaps all around the and then i got that same play um produced at the no theater in binghamton and so that gave me, you know, a little confidence to continue on that. And it does help with my music, too, because it allows me to tell stories. It taught mm -hmm. me how to tell Story stories, teller. too. Definitely. You know? Different and I had a theater ideas. background, too, so that's why, that's where all of that came from. That's why the way that I write music in a way that I do anything has a story to it. Like, I can, like, deliver it with a presence or whatever. Mm -hmm. What about when it comes to refining craft? So it's one thing about you know writing it out and getting the rhymes out getting the raps out mm. getting the play out but what about the editing process or even just production so getting something onto a stage or getting something into a booth how how hands-on are you and what's the team situation like things like that so i don't have a team or anything like that and i don't really um edit anything i just take really long to do it so mm. I, I write it in portions so a lot of my songs took two to three four months to write i didn't just write it down in like an hour and then rehearse it like you would expect an artist to do i just really like just write parts and if i am not inspired to write something or i wouldn't force it or anything like that i would just say all right cool go play 2k or something like that and i just mm -hmm. And then I just go back to my regular life and then come All back to it. All these dudes that are creative play 2K. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, literally. What's, what's in 2K that is, what is it, relaxation? Is it only that? It's just mad fun. I don't know how to explain that. Know. I've never been asked that question, what's in 2K? <laughs> yeah, like, literally, all of them, 2K. Road to 99, I know about all of that. Wow. Let's talk about it. No. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's never, it wasn't... Um. It's not something that I like pay attention to, and I, I'm I'm a I'm a, I admit that I'm a procrastinator, like a really big <laughs> procrastinator, which is Same. why it takes long for me to do things. Mm -hmm. But when I do do it, I do it at a high level. Quality, mm -hmm. it's always quality, and I, I I'm thankful for my genes, I guess, for <laughs> <laughs> being able to do that. I can't explain it. I can't lie to you and say that I work. I stay up ten hours at night and working on it. And I'm not I'm not that kind of maniac mm -hmm. when when it comes to stuff like that, but. I guess I have, I have something, you know. Does um, like when you write down songs, mm -hmm. is it like a specific song, or do you, do you see them end up in different 
like songs, different verses? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, a few, a few songs were like that. Like, um, do you know? Mm. That song was on um, three different beats before it came to this beat. Wow. And the yeah. beat was made before or after? Before. Before. Wow. But I don't, I don't have a producer that makes beats for me. And then I go in the studio and do it. And I have to write a song to a beat. But I, So you make the beats or somebody else makes beats? Somebody else makes the beats. Okay. Mm-hmm. But as um, using Do You Know as an example, mm-hmm. uh, there was um, some lines that are in the final version that were on the previous versions because, mm-hmm. you know, I like those lines, so I transferred it. But it were, they were completely different songs before it went to that version. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that switch up, like, the cadence? Does that switch yeah, up, like, the mm-hmm. feel, the rhythm? And, that's, and the reason why I chose this version is because it was immediately a good feeling when I heard it because mm. I wasn't comfortable with the, the other versions of it it sounded forced it sounded like other artists mm. and that's one thing I made sure that this time around when I started making music again, again that I don't sound like anyone else That I and if I do it's just a little bit mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be sound like exactly like a carbon copy of another artist and that's what was happening before and that's, and that's also another part of my songwriter process um Initially, I sometimes sound like other artists, and then I just keep working on it. Well, whenever I get back to it, I keep working on it, mm-hmm. and then it eventually becomes my own. It sounds like a lot about artistry and like the idea of thinking about how do you allow yourself to stand amongst, but also stand outside of. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that comes with even the idea of you were talking earlier about signing, not signing not being signed and then even now as an independent artist Mm -hmm. so then i guess is being do you feel like being independent almost requires you to be like your own entrepreneur and your own like Mm -hmm. go-getter and if so like what are the trials and triumphs of being that indie creative and what's so fitting is that indie creative network that's what we want (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so what does it feel like to be um, an independent is it like an entrepreneur go-getter hustler type situation and what are the trials and tri- triumphs with being an indie creative um it feels really good to be independent because i historically my entire life don't like being told what to do or i, I really don't listen and it's that like, speaks structure, to me. structure that speaks to me y'all need structure in your life. <laughs> and um it's it's sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but it feels good to be in control of my own destiny essentially mm-hmm. and um not everyone has good ideas no matter how much they think they do a uh, good idea is always subjective because what works for somebody else or what may work for them may not work for me and i always know what works for me so it's I, I love that aspect of it and if i if i did choose to not be independent no more assigned i would like to have creative control mm-hmm. as far as my music is concerned or and then I'm, I'm willing to take ideas as far as marketing is concerned too but um as far as trials and tribulations the the trials it's very hard to get money you know and fund it because you're you're doing it you're doing it on your own you know Mm -hmm. and i don't have i don't necessarily have a team you know i have a couple people that i um delegate some of my work to but i'm i do it mostly by myself you're orchestrating everything absolutely Mm -hmm. and i read a bunch of books to to focus on the marketing aspect of it the creative aspect of it the performance aspect of it like a lot of 90 95 percent of that is me Mm. you know so that isn't it's very hard too because it kind of takes me out of my creative um mode because i'm focusing on the business yeah Mm -hmm. you know the not so fun parts of Mm -hmm. it but um you trust people yeah okay yeah i do trust people just wondering because i know a lot of people like it takes a lot to say oh here's my work like Mm -hmm. do what you need to do with it and make and we want to grow together Mm -hmm. essentially and i know like trust is a big um Mm -hmm. factor when it comes to people's work because it's like I'm sensitive about my shit. But I even feel like then, I'm sensitive about my shit. Right, and then <laughs> even then, it's like it's the fear. It's also the fear of burnout, right? Because you could be doing all of it yourself, doing all the moving parts, and then you realize, wow, I actually can't do the ultimate thing that I want to love, the uh, that I love, mm-hmm. the creative aspect of it. And I guess thinking about sustainability, like, is that model even sustainable? You know, I, I think it is, but you would have to learn to stay focused on one thing at a time mm-hmm. because um initially when i started working on lucid i was thinking about the marketing aspect of it before i even had two songs done 
and that threw me off. Mm-hmm. Um, then I talked to my friend um, Mervin, and he he's like an OG. He's my age, but he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like forty years old, and he was just telling me like, um, just focus on one thing and then go to the next one when it's time to do it. And again, I don't listen, so it it was like six months of me not doing that and just thinking about the music video for a song that I didn't write yet. Kalila actually just mentioned she on our previous episode. Um, she had mentioned like you have to, regardless of what it is, whether it's several businesses, several songs. I remember that part, yeah. She literally was like, you got to focus on one, one thing part. before you move on to the other thing, mm-hmm. or at least like put enough attention into it so that when it's time to move on, like yeah, you could double back and make sure that it's nice and pretty. Mm-hmm. But you and have, they also like, have something to be, solidified, and they also have to be like connected, right? Mm-hmm. Like it can't just be too far off so that mm-hmm. no one, so that people can't follow that story. Like why, why would you do this thing over here and then and then do this over here? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, right? Right, but yeah, once I started focusing on the music first, then everything came into place. So I would have the product, and then you can't market something that you don't have. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had wow. made sure. What a word. You feel me? <laughs> and people really try to play you and be like, I am this, I am that, I am this, that, and the third. And it's like, show me, sis. Where is that? And I, I had to get out of my ass and really just create a product before I even like try to do other things. And I did that. And then, okay, this is how I do this with this because it exists now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I forgot what your other question was. And I was about to answer. No, I think you did it. I think the. It trials was the first part of like the trials and triumphs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you kind of talked about like the trials, but maybe we could talk about a little bit of the triumphs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So um, the the great thing about it is seeing it come into fruition, like mm-hmm. seeing your vision, something that you imagined that you didn't know would happen because you can't see into the future, but mm-hmm. seeing it become a thing mm-hmm. as you as you hoped it would be mm-hmm. and that's like a satisfying feeling to me like you can't money can't buy that nothing nothing can buy that you know and i like so that I, and i love that i'm doing it my own way too because I, I feel i'm a unique person and i don't have super conventional thoughts but i like to express them and i know that only i can do it in the way that i i would want to do it you know what i mean yeah, oh also sure. to touch on what you said about um what you said about me trusting people i do trust people but i also want great content too and not Mm -hmm. a lot of people have great content or have great contributions to what i have too so Mm -hmm. i have to really pay attention i can't just let you on because you're my friend right and i will tell you that right you're my friend but this is this is this is different (laughs) you know so i i I carefully choose who i work with um i don't like to deal with a lot of ego Mm -hmm. you know and um i don't know if you noticed but a lot of the things that i've worked on are not um made by men because of a lot of ego mm. regarding men like the artwork for lucid was made by a woman like two women four years video was directed by a woman well you know what I mean? can the church say amen and not and that, and that goes to, to answer your question I do, I do trust people but i would like to have quality brought to me and like a non-headache and if i feel you're gonna be a headache i can't i can't that part yeah we've had um, similar situations, but you know, it's not about us. But, but you preach it. I'm telling you, motivation. Pro- prolific, prolific over here. Um, so you over here influencing us. Who mm-hmm. influences you? In what regard, though? Like just in general. In general. In general. Um, music-wise, I would say um, <coughs> Kanye, uh, Janelle Monae, Chance the Rapper, Deshaun, Kendrick, Fifty Cent. Joel Santana, Cameron, Wale, Steve Andre Austin. 2000, Steve Austin. <laughs> Steve Austin. I know that from the I could just <laughs> Honestly, I could just name a, a bunch of people when it comes to music. Because I like the way that they create things. You can tell that they put their own into it. They don't bite off styles. They always try to put their own into it. And I like that. And I try to put that into my music, too, when I do mm-hmm. it. For sure, but for sure. Just but, but people that inspire me, inspire me just to do what I do. Um, Will Smith, he's like the my biggest inspiration because he always gives good gives good vibes, mm-hmm. and I'm, I give good vibes too. No, for know? sure, I agree. Yeah. We so, felt that we actually didn't say that, but we finally actually met Piff in person at his amazing major stage performance at you. Drum NYC, and just the feeling in the room. Like we had seen snippets from your Insta stories of how you are, like you're a class act on stage 
but to actually experience it like you actually do make people feel good and you make people feel like they're a part of what it is you're creating up there thank you yeah for sure i try to make that i try to i I put a premium on that because i don't Mm -hmm. i don't like going to shows where i don't feel like i'm being performed to I feel like I'm just watching them perform. I like to interact with people. I like to make sure there's, it's a party going on when I'm when I'm performing too, so, so everybody can enjoy it. You sure. know. Sure. But thank you for that. Of course, of course. Now, Kristen loves this one particular artist, and his name is Wale Folarin. Folarin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Oh. Do you look up to Wale? I did. Did. Ooh. Yeah. Past tense. No, no shade Past though. Tense. No shade though. Speak on it. Because remember what I was talking about, about me sounding like people? Mm-hmm. I sounded like Wale a lot. And I kind of do still. You think it's because you consumed a lot of his work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And because our voices are similar when we rap, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I didn't have a vo- if I had a different voice, if I like had a voice like Chance the Rapper, I wouldn't sound like Wale. Mm-hmm. I would have kind of a flow like his, but I wouldn't sound like him. But being that I kind of have a rap voice like him, I kind of sounded like him when I would rap, too. So I had... There came a point in time where I had to stop listening to him, which hurts because mm. he's, so he's so good. But I wanted to, I always pull like, um, always pull from different artists that I listen to. And he was mm. one of them. So it kind of hurt to not be able to listen to mm. him until I developed my own style. I'm going to listen to him again now. Like I can now, now mm. that I know what yeah. I can do. Mm-hmm. But I really had to, you know. But while he's so dope, I like, I just like how he just makes create creates what he creates he makes songs about nothing no pun intended yeah <laughs> album about nothing you feel me yeah like, mixtape about nothing. nothing like he just he's very 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 creative and he's one of the better rappers uh, and people don't really put him in the top five or top three but he has double because his lyricism is on fleek mm-hmm. triple on because they go over people's like, heads yeah and that's and, that, yeah. and that's, that's the sad part about it because i even i had to there was a point where well, there is a point where i have to dumb down certain bars just so people can get them because i don't want to be the over your head type of rapper and mm-hmm. i think i can be like ugh, gross i think i could be that kind of rapper but uh i also like to take into consideration that my audience doesn't always consume the things that i consume too i don't want to be selfish about certain things mm-hmm. and my job as a rapper is not to just show off how good of a rapper i am it's to make you know entertain the audience too but to touch on wale he's dope and yes like, i'm inspired, inspired by him. you don't like balmain Who's Balmain? Balmain. Um, the brand. The brand, yes. No. I do. <laughs> I do. The shoes are just ugly, though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Wale had mentioned something about not liking Balmain either. So I was like, dang, y'all really like, I see. Because I think, to me, a comparison between y'all is like such a great one. Mm-hmm. Like such a high one. Because his lyricism, his storytelling um, capabilities, um, his cadence, his, his, cadence. his switch up, wanting me to like literally, you know, when you go back to read a book or go back to watch a movie and you're like, oh, I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. That's the Every type of stuff time. that I appreciate because then it, I don't feel like I got enough of it. And his mm-hmm. feel good samples. I'm one for production, like, mm-hmm. and your production has me every Thank time. You. I feel like that's why I listen to Do You Know over and over <laughs> and over again because I'm just like in love with it. That's how and, it got me when I chose it. I was like, and, oh, right. And so that's the same thing <laughs> yeah, with Wale so. is like. I could listen to some of his songs over and over and over again and be like, okay, now let me go back to those 80s and 90s joints that Mm. he selected it from and was Mm, able to craft something beautiful Mm -hmm. from, pay homage to, as opposed to trash it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. PYT is a perfect example. That one. Um, That one. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but he does that. (laughs) What's a genre of music that people wouldn't expect that you listen to? Oh, um, house. I love house music. Mm. I love, 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 love house music. And I like the order. In the future, I want to make house music too. Like just one house track just to see how it is. Mm-hmm. But um, another genre would be, uh, I don't know, whatever genre Florence and the Machine makes. I don't. It's like alternative rock, right? pop. Pop rock. They got their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think people would expect me to listen to them too. Mm-hmm. But anything that um just makes me feel something. Look at the shoulders. You feel me? Yeah, you said it moving. You started moving. No, yeah. So I, I listen to pretty much everything and I don't think people would expect me to. But as long as it makes me feel good, so mm-hmm. are there any songs on repeat? Right now? Mm-hmm. 
Um, other than yours, <laughs> Tati by six nine. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Next question. <laughs> right. When did you know you could rap? <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that man. Um. <laughs> and the reason why we, <laughs> I don't think he a, can rap. <laughs> so when yeah. did you no, know you he, could he rap? Can. No, we're not talking about okay, him. Okay. He's not allowed on the takeover with Kristen and Christine. <laughs> um. The reason why I ask is because mm-hmm. um, we listen to tons of other podcasts and um, we listen um, and one of the podcasts that we listen to is like the Torrey show and I think you should listen to him too. I think he's really dope and I what he does him. Stop. For when real. I, I mean, to, I met him too. When I went to um, Freestyle, the new Freestyle Friday. Really? He was the host. Oh my Wow. God. Yeah. I met him at Yale because he was the keynote speaker. I love he replaced Nikki Giovanni as um, like a last minute because wow. she couldn't make it. Have, did you hear their their interview Nikki Giovanni's interview on Tori Show yes oh please please do there's okay. a lot of them so there's oh, this yes. one that he does with Tony Braxton and there's she recalls of singing in church like she sang with the Braxtons her mm. sisters and her brother also sings um and how they start up in church and stuff like that um and I feel, and Kristen was talking about how like she never really feels like there's like the origin stories stories of rappers. Like people say, oh yeah, I, I used to write, I used to write poetry or stuff like that. But like, I guess when did you feel like you knew you could start rapping? When did you know that you could start rapping? When like when I knew, um, probably around seventh grade. Um, I had a dance class that we would all go to. Um, it's interesting it's a dance class yeah it was i mean we did everything in that class though mm-hmm. that was the class you know how people skip class to go to gym mm-hmm. we, we skip class to go to the dance studio that's yeah dope. but um i guess she wanted us to showcase our talents i think or we was rapping i don't remember but i, w- I decided to rap mm-hmm. and i just wrote this 16 bar thing and i was like oh okay uh-huh. i'm good <laughs> <laughs> and then um i performed it and at um in front of the class and it was like ah okay yeah mm-hmm. go Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And, I, and they told me to repeat it again. I'm like, okay, maybe I can do this. But I didn't take it seriously when I when I did that. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. maybe I can do this wow. if I needed to. And that speaks to well-roundedness, right? Because like, even though we don't always want to take on the different parts of our teams and stuff like that, like the different talents that are within us, and we just manifest them in different ways and mm-hmm. different spaces, even in the spaces that we don't think they're created for. Right. Like, mm-hmm. who would think that a mm-hmm. rap would be produced in a in a dance in studio? Dance studio. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh shout out to that teacher. For real. Because shout out to Miss Velez. I love They really I be love putting Ms. everybody Velez. on. Teachers like, she, like they find the talent in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was a bad kid in school, but she would always <laughs> just let me rock because she know I like being there and that would keep me from being outside. Mm-hmm. I can see you being and, a bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. Breaking all the rules. Yeah. And yeah, so shout out to her too. Because a lot of a lot of talented people came out of that class and went on to do good things in co- whether in college or in fashion or whatever and she let us be creative she mm-hmm. that's my first um uh, scholastic faculty member i don't know what the word i'm trying to find is but mm-hmm. that person was the mm-hmm. first person that let me be creative mm-hmm. and that's the first time i f- actually found out i, w- I could be creative mm. i love that i love it too I think we should jump straight into like the actual body of work, mm. Lucid. Um, when I first think of Lucid, I think of um, Third Eye. I think of Lucid Dreams. Mm-hmm. I think of Pineal Gland, which what Christine was like, what? What is what the Pineal? Is Thank it's you. It's in your brain. Let's say it's her. One, two, three. What? what? Oh. One. <laughs> Let's try One, two, three. What? what? I'm dead. Okay, so <laughs> it's in your brain, or at least that's what Google tells me. Mm-hmm. And it secretes the... Melatonin. 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 Yes, yeah. I, I did. Okay. I, right. And you so didn't pronounce like, it how I read it. Oh, how is it pronounced? I, I read. I read pineal. 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 I thought you said pineal. Pineal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, um, mm-hmm. everything that you eat to everything you drink, alcohol, you know, medicine, anything like it affects how the pineal gland or the third eye right. is like how much it secretes melatonin. So when he was at major stage with the Ciroc, it was opening right. up the third eye. <laughs> the right. grand. That was you know that was water, right? I know. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people in the crowd didn't, didn't think know. that was water. I, I mean, that was, a, that was a great showcase there because I was like, wait, hold up, what? They wasn't even supposed to let me in with that bottle. I'm done. But again. 
Look, how, look at God. I don't follow rules, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then Lucid Dreams, which is like literally in uh, Lucid, your last song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, start off like, you control you your dreams. You control your dreams. So that's literally what it's telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you to start that way, because that's the album ti- um, that's the album title, yes. Um, and then the ending song is like full circle. Mm-hmm. And then literally a message to everybody, like you control your own you dreams. You do it. It's, you know? it's, like, mm-hmm. it's all on you. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was preaching on Preaching stage. prolific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kristen is literally pulling apart your, your masterpiece. I like that because nobody's ever done this. So this is new to me. Mm-hmm. So this is like <laughs> mad cool to me. Yeah. But, yeah, that, but that's, that's the reason why I chose um, the title. Um, because we we ultimately do control our dreams. And a lot of... And, I mean, we all done this. We complain about things that we control, mm-hmm. but we didn't know we had control of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to tell this story. Well, use my own story to tell it because I didn't want to be preachy without even like having the listener look into my life too or how I feel about things. And that's what that's the message I wanted to give across. But mm-hmm. the name came about because it's funny that you mentioned mentioned melatonin. But um, I was really into lucid dreaming. Like, mm-hmm. I still am. Mm-hmm. Um, I lucid dream one time, and then I, like, oh, this shit is cool. Let me try this again. And then I bought some melatonin and induced myself to go to sleep so I could have more vivid dreams and then try to control my dreams. But that's where Tell it came us from. more, though, but, like, how do you do that? Because I, I know of it, and that's mm-hmm. why I said that's the first thing that popped into my mind, but I don't know how people do it. And I would be fearful of doing it. Now it's kind of scary when you get into it though, mm-hmm. because you, it, it's like this is weird because this not that's not something that you experience ever. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't lucid dream until they're like in their mid twenties or even thirties, so it's scary to even feel that. But um, the way you do it, the first time I did it, it was by mistake. So this, which is why I started doing research on it. But mm-hmm. you can just do it by just thinking about doing it. If you tell yourself that you're going to do it when you go to sleep, it gets embedded into your subconscious. So that now, anytime you do dream, or like three to four times a week when you dream, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, excuse you, me. You, <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna y'all get that will get it when y'all listen. listen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anytime that you um, you get into your dream, you end up realizing it's a dream, and then you start doing a bunch of things like flying or you know fighting people that you wanted to fight in real life, I'm but you couldn't because you didn't want to get in trouble. But or so, fighting yeah. people that you did fight in real life again because you just want to <laughs> like what's up finish it off <laughs> yeah but nah lucid dreaming is cool you should really try it you should you you should try I'm gonna it. tell myself tonight that tell I'm gonna it. yeah I'm gonna try and do it I wanna do it naturally I wanna do it f- well this is like low key forced but I don't wanna do it with no melatonin cause I yeah, feel like actually, it's OD no don't do it with melatonin <laughs> um, a lot of people a lot of people started take. I learned the melatonin because I had trouble sleeping mm-hmm. so um, somebody my old um, theater director was telling me about melatonin and how it makes you go to sleep that's mm-hmm. all he said it makes you go to sleep so I started taking it I kept taking it but I kept waking up mad frustrated like mm-hmm. ready to fight when I wake up then I did more research on it and it's actually a hormone and it mm-hmm. creates a hormonal imbalance when you take it mm-hmm. so it um it's it's, and it's, a, it's a synthetic hormone too so it one it rises your melatonin levels I think it um bottoms out your estrogen and testosterone I have to read it again but that's not good. No, that's not And that's why I was having a man period every time I woke up, <laughs> man yeah. PMSing or whatever. So, yeah, so I stopped doing that. But you I still, still lose control dream. your dreams. Yeah, I still control <laughs> dreams, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, why now? Why the album now? Um, Because I got out of my own head. It wasn't really like just deciding now to do it. I just ended up getting out of my head now. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I just that's why it happened now, you know. Have the dreams become the same lucid dreams have they become more of a reality? Yeah, that's a great question. Oh. Gr- oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, actually, yeah. Cuz I'm starting to see things that I dream about happen in real life, like me performing on stage and then people knowing the words to my songs. That's mad trippy. And I think I'm going to feel like that for the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. Like the more people that I see come to my shows, so stuff like that still trips me out, and I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the I'm starting to see them come true. Yeah, because I don't know how long we had access to the songs. Yo, 
But we was standing there and we was going in. <laughs> I was singing Candy Paint and I wanted to just perform to y'all because nobody knew the song. I just wanted to go into this little corner on the stage and say, Harlem is the age town. I'll come in there. No, that was dope. Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I feel like that's something for a lot of people, like thinking about dreams and like, do your dreams become realities and how do you make those dreams come from reality from the action of doing which is what you said like getting out of your head mm-hmm. from not doing it and the dreams are in your head or you're realizing them in your head and then to take them out and then allow them to actualize themselves mm-hmm. to this produce so something oh my God. <laughs> i know but like i think like as no, creators, I, I, I appreciate it so much like yeah. creators and tastemakers like we sometimes we can't articulate what it is that we're going through because we first of all we feel like we're the only ones going through it mm. right and right. then two we're like we don't want nobody to judge us because when we explain it it's gonna be like oh what do the it hell? sound crazy yeah, yeah like what am i going through and then for you I to art- but then what goes back to the music thing which is why i think it's so amazing that you've created this project this masterpiece is because it artistically puts together what artists are going through mm-hmm. right and allows for the regular person to consume it cohesive mm-hmm. cohesive that's one of the things i wanted to mention as well because it's like it literally is a oh i wake up oh i'm going to work oh i'm really basically contributing to someone else's enterprise. oh i'm hungry mm-hmm. oh I'm, I'm, hungry. I'm full oh i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah it's very relatable oh i'm late oh i'm in love like right, right. all of that right. in one album and the things that artists and common people, and I want—I don't want to say that like, oh, artists are not common, common people, people, but like artists and those who do not identify as artists experience all of those emotions, experience all of those mm-hmm. feelings, go through those things in their dreams and in reality. Really, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, uh, uh, <laughs> and, I, and that's really one of the, that's what I wanted to give out because I wanted to make something that the listener can cre- relate to because I know I'm not the only. Well, I now know that mm-hmm. I'm not the only person that goes through or went through whatever I went through. And a lot of people still feel alone in whatever they go through. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it's, I guess it's comforting. Not I guess, but I know that it's comforting when someone can hear their story said by someone else. And it makes them less, I guess, um, sad about what they're going through. It gives them hope because, you know, and, and maybe give, gets them more inclined to talk about what they go through. Because they start to realize that somebody, that people are also going through what they go through. I think that's why, for me, I don't, I don't know what my favorite song on the album is. Ah, should I see what your favorite one is? But um, when I got to the end and I'm, I'm hearing "Why Me," like that's the one I play all, all, all the time because I have imposter syndrome, like severe imposter syndrome. I still do too. Um, so when I hear "Why Me" and then you like, you know. Like God provided this, like mm-hmm. He, you know, He wrote it. It's 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 already written, you know. Like mm-hmm. I already have all the capabilities. I already have. Like sure, you're gonna need downtime. Sure, you're gonna need time to recuperate, to mm-hmm. to reinvigorate yourself, to rethink certain things, to maneuver. But to know that it's it's you had this, like seventh grade, like mm-hmm. you know, you had this in seventh grade, and I'm right. sure you had it before. That's just the only time Probably. you realize it. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so. For me, I'm like, I hear why me, and I'm like, sometimes I really do ask myself that question, but then you flip the song to be such a hopeful song mm-hmm. that it's like, it's like, no, no, it, no, it's me. It's it like, me. it's me. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm doing this. I can, I supply my IV. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I, if I just believe that I can do it, then you can, can do it. Mm-hmm. And I've been, and I didn't like just come out of nowhere thinking this, like, I was just watching a bunch of YouTube videos, watching the Will Smith videos or Gary V. Or Gary V. I love Gary V. Gary V. sparked this a lot too. <sighs> and him. and um, did I you watched him all day yesterday. <laughs> He's I so love- dope. Like he just gives it to you, right? Like it's you. Stop, stop, stop playing. Right. You know, like that. Did you hear "I Decided" by Big Sean? Yes. Yeah. We highlighted that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that inspired that inspired me and it inspired this album too because that's um. One of the most important albums that I've listened to. I mean, it's not a critically acclaimed album to other people. To mm-hmm. me, this is this mm-hmm. this is it. Mm-hmm. But um, it spoke to me too, and I, I love that he decided, no pun intended, to make an album <laughs> like that mm-hmm. and speak to creatives or creators or just people in general. And I wanted to keep keep that in motion because mm-hmm. I that needs um, projects like that and music like that should keep being made. You know. 
Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Do you record it? Well, we know you don't write in order, right? Mm-hmm. So do you record them in order? No, I didn't record them. Can order. we can we know the order that you recorded them in? Okay. Um, <laughs> Candy Paint was the first song I recorded. Yeah. It's to hype you up. What do you mean? It's like the hype up. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't created for that reason. I didn't write it for that reason. It wasn't even supposed to be on Lucid. It's the reason why Lucid is Lucid because mm-hmm. I I. Candy paint, this, the candy paint that's on the project wasn't the first candy paint. That I love the, this. I love the version. The versions, <laughs> wow. Like I can first, only imagine. We only witnessed one part of it though, because you yeah, know, yeah, you got yeah. the the yeah. final final version. But the first version of candy paint was a lot slower. It was a lot more trill, mm. ASAP Rocky ish, Bun B ish, you know. And I actually wrote it when it was when ASAP Rocky first came out too. That's he inspired that song, so it was very like 2013. And when I came back to rap and I wanted to rap again, I wanted Candy Paint to be on this project so bad that because I'm not really talking about much in Candy Paint, you know what I'm saying? It's really to turn up, you know what I mean? But I wanted a reason to put it on the project, and I'm like, oh, let me make this a dream. I'm like, oh, this whole thing could be centered around dreams, and then mm-hmm. it wow. built, yeah, it okay. built from Candy Paint, and then wow. I just decided to. Well, I was actually going through stuff at the time, so I was like, oh, let me just write what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. And then, how do I implement Candy Paint in that? And so, then it was Candy Paint, then it was Why Me, then it was uh, Four Years, then it was Wake Up, then it was Lucid, then it was Represent, then it was Do You Know. So, then how did you reorganize out. it? Oh, it was, you know how you write an outline for an essay? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ooh. It was like that. So these, these we are we are the queens of outlines. Oh, y'all, y'all organized like that. We outline. We line <laughs> it out. <laughs> we out to the lines. Yeah, so it was like that. So I had I had the story of Lucid created already, but okay. I, and I learned how to do that from the Stitter program I was in called the Possibility Project. Shout out to the Possibility Project, and it brought out it brought together thirty five. Well, 70 teens together, and we wrote our shows based on our lives, and then we perform it uh, on at a theater. So um, that told me how to just outline a story. So I had the intro is going to be about this, then it's going to be the love song, then it's going to be the work song, then it's going to be the party song, then it's going to be the drunk song. It was going to be a drunk song. It was <laughs> and, not, and not the skit? Yeah, it wasn't going to be a skit. <laughs> then it's going to be... Um, change your mind the drunk cold song then yeah it was, it was outlined like that and then i just all i had to do was just plug the pieces in this skill was funny this skill was um <laughs> there's there's one line that I always hurt you kiss no 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 when you like i miss you daddy your dad's be dead every single time oh my uh, i can't wait till y'all all hear this yeah speaking of yeah. daddy i'm great <laughs> No, speaking of daddy, <laughs> not like that. That's such a turn. One of service? your videos, no, no, no. <laughs> not this podcast, not today. Um, no, but um, in one of your visuals, um, it's a visual where you're talking about, where you're giving like the background story of like who you are and like following you through a day, I think it is. And mm-hmm. it's one of your shows and your mom, not your yeah. Your mom is there And your mom is there And I think there's another um, Maternal figure in your life That's also there Yeah that was my godmother Your godmother Yeah Beautiful Let's talk about the mothers Let's talk about women Black mm-hmm. women um, I would love to hear about Your relationship with your mom How has it How how was it How is it How has it been Through this idea of Discovering And reacquainting yourself With yourself As a creative Okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna say that my mom and I had the most perfect relationship. You know, it was rocky at times and it was good at times. Um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that too. But um, one thing that I really do think my mom and I did say this in a documentary that will come out soon that um, she always gave me the room to just be myself. You know, be be a creative or let me do a talent show. Excuse me, I'm bourbon OD. <laughs> But, you know, just let me do do things, you mm-hmm. know, just find myself, too, because she she didn't have that when she was um a child, too. She's from Jamaica. She immigrated from Jamaica. And what you wouldn't know, because she talks with a southern accent. I don't know how. 
where she got that. <laughs> she came bro. straight to New York after Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think because her, be- her be- no, nah, um, Bronx. Okay. But I think because her best friend is from South Carolina and they hung out a lot, and I guess mm. that's where she got. But that still don't make no sense to me. <laughs> she break out on Patua out of nowhere. So I'm like, who are you? They always do that. But oh. yeah, um, she didn't she didn't get that because um my grandparents were were strict, and they didn't allow her to be the um the type of talent to create a person she is she dances and she wanted to be a dancer but she didn't have the means to pursue that so she didn't necessarily tell me that she lets me do it because of her not being able to do it but i can see i can feel from her energy that she pushes me to do this because well she allows me to do it she didn't really push me because mm-hmm. she was a little reluctant at first mm-hmm. but she allows me to do it because she is something that she would have wanted from her parents you know mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I respect that. That's so beautiful, actually. Yeah. So I always thank her for that. Mm-hmm. Always thank her for that. For sure, for sure. Um, Harlem. Harlem. Tell us about Harlem, because I just go We from here. downtown. Yeah. We, we from down here. Brooklyn. Brooke. I don't want to get it twisted. Like, I'm this this super Harlem cat. Like, I've, a lot of what I've done in life was in the Bronx and in, in between Harlem and the Bronx. Mm-hmm. But a lot, I got a lot of, like, I guess, flavor. Yes. <laughs> flavor. Okay. Let me get some flavor in your ear. Christina's hey. doing the soul based thing. Saying flavor. But yeah, um, cause it's so much. I hate using the word swag, but I don't know what other word this to use. But there's so much like coolness when it comes to Harlem, and mm-hmm. a lot of the people that came up from Harlem. There's a lot of like flair mm-hmm. and and just coolness from it. And I. I always looked up to that it's like the mecca of, yeah you know it's bla- i feel like down here you you know the sickest piff was in new york um new in, new brooklyn. Brooklyn. in brooklyn all day today <laughs> all day he was like telling us about us he was in our, Jay right. he was in our borough more than we were like <laughs> um so yeah like when you come down here you get west indian or specifically flatbush area you mm-hmm. get west indian um i go to harlem and i see like just like i see a lot yeah, it's and I feel yes. like it's very black, very black American, mm-hmm. and um, to know that that culture is very rich, and mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't experienced it until I actually went to college, which is crazy mm-hmm. because I lived in. Where did you go to school? I went to Amherst College. No, but how did you get that in? Oh, because you took classes. Like, how did you? But thinking about like all taking classes and acknowledging like different oh, okay. parts of the diaspora. Got you. Actually, like speaking to different types of black people because mm-hmm. when you're in for me when i as i grew up in brooklyn i was always around people the same socioeconomic class people the same like religion people the same ethnicity um, ethnicity so if you think about the diversity within blackness itself it's just insane but i was mm-hmm. so limited because i stayed here mm-hmm. um so when i was I thinking college, about that when i got here too really yeah when i saw like brooklyn people are different yeah. but this mm-hmm. is it's a, it's cool though it's mm-hmm. a different kind of black and it's interesting to think about that too because we we do come together but we're also different depending on where we're from too it's like a black person from florida is different from a black person in california mm-hmm. but you don't really think about that because we so we come together as mm-hmm. black people you know mm-hmm. he put the fist up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what are things that are intrinsic to harlem so what are things that where well, who are the people that you have to know from Harlem? What are the places that you have to go to in Harlem? Whether it be places to eat or places to mm-hmm. just take in the essence of Harlem. I will start by saying um Pompet Wine Shop on Pompet Wine Shop. That's on one thirty first and Lennox. The address is four twenty Lexington. Four twenty Lennox. You got the whole information. Nah, okay. it's a it's a dope wine shop. It's a and when you hear wine shop, you think um. You know, very posh. Very or, white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a black-owned business owned by Moselle Watson. And it's really dope. When you walk in, you you hear hip-hop music. You mm-hmm. It's a great vibe. There's a wine tasting every Friday and Saturday. Well, we you got plans. I mean? We got plans. The takeover. You should have plans. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a really dope spot to go to. Um, Another good spot. You ever heard of Manners? No. no man it's, it's a it's a soul food buffet kind of restaurant i think i have is it where is it there, there's a there's several there's one on, on 125th. 125th okay that's the one i saw <laughs> there's one on um 133rd they a little pricey aren't they yeah okay yeah, yeah I definitely, definitely i feel like i ate over there or my mom <laughs> bought me some food from there um 
but but any I would say cultural I, centers. Any the, like the Schomburg. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, you ever heard oh, of that? I love. Yeah, the Schomburg well, is very dope. I have a love and hate relationship just because um, the amount of money that I had to pay to them to access work, which is like obviously people got to get paid for their work mm-hmm. um, that is preserved there. But yeah, it was like my first time going there when I did my thesis. It's blackbrooklyn.org if you would like if you would like to see. Um, they have a lot of stuff. Uh, about people in Harlem and not that much about people in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was dope to even witness that. So you travel just a little bit from Brooklyn, an hour and what, 30 minutes? And Yeah, I went yeah. to, yeah. Well, depending on where, where in Brooklyn you coming from. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a dope place. I, I haven't been there since I was like 13 on a school trip. But I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember that being a very, very, very dope experience because i got to learn about black american history um black american history because i'm jamaican so we mm-hmm. don't um we don't really have the american history because we have the jamaican history but it was cool to learn yeah. that we even you know? yeah and even so like the british history you know? yeah we have british history like the british english like the 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 queen's the mm-hmm. queen's way like that's not the stuff that was taught back there. And that's why our names are like very royal. Like mm-hmm. Winston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barrington. <laughs> Barrington. <laughs> oh, I'm on. dead. So, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Um, Other than that, I don't know. Because I just go around playing ball all the time. So The ball courts. Yeah. BRP. I, I learned like, list like 10 ball courts. There's also mad churches. There are a lot of churches. A lot Yo. of churches. That's true. I did not think about that until she just said that. Yes, uh, like, like four the way, or one block type mm-hmm, stuff, like corner stores. Yeah, like every block. You <laughs> and like and there's there's a bits and pieces of that here in Brooklyn, but it's on another level. It's crazy in Harlem. Harlem. Yeah. There's a there's a church on my block. Then you go around the corner. There's um Al Sharpton's um headquarters, and then up the block there's another church. You make a left. There, well, it's not on that block, but two blocks down there's another church and it's a bigger church then there's a smaller church then there's mm-hmm. a medium church it's like there's a lot there's of a church. ton of them um there actually when i went to the schumberg they had like a photo series um with different artists who literally did church fronts so it was like you saw it they did That's pictures small. inside churches but mm-hmm. then like church like the fronts just like what they looked like like the um, the people that were coming outside of it like how people lounge around afterwards so it was really dope but why, yeah there's a lot why do you think that there are so many well, according to the Miseducation of the Negro by Cardi G. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've black read that. Um, uh, the black church is apparently like the, the the main steadfast like institution and like business of black people. Like church business is mm. black business, mm-hmm. I guess. And it's always the place from where everything else stems from. So the, the entrepreneurial endeavors like... The singers, um, the singers, the creatives, mm-hmm. like um, the the spiritualists, the, the speakers, the, the speakers, orators. the orators, like um, or even just like the intellects, like being able to sit and read the Bible and then to be able to discern what it is that it's saying Baldwin. for 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 the world outside. And I think by having all those mainstays reinforces the way in which those can um, interpret how it is their lives are on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why there's so many of them. And Carter G. Woodson, like, there's a specific chapter in Miseducation of the Negro, everybody should read that book, that talks about the black church and why, how important it is. Um, but yeah, James Baldwin talks about the impact of it, like... Um, he's an, Well, he was an atheist, eventually. Yeah. But he's like, I learned so much from... From the church, from and the then church. from the... Yeah. And then from even the the guys, what's it called? The the prophets. The mm. There's a whole bunch of them in Harlem, too. <laughs> what's they, what's they called? The whole bunch of them. No. The whole tubs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dumb ways, dumb people's the 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 follower the Muhammad Muslim nation no, of Islam nation of Islam. There's oh, a whole bunch of them okay. standing around too. So all of that like is very intrinsic to Harlem. You're not you're not finding that in Brooklyn. You're finding that in Harlem. really only oh. on Fulton. I feel like Fulton, like a little bit from here, mm-hmm. there's like a good stretch, a good street, but. but not many not to the extent maybe mm. queens actually yeah yeah where do you want to go from here Kristen? how you feeling the world is in need of okay so this is where the prolific piff oh yes is going to talk to 
Hashtag <laughs> um, so the world is in need of is usually how we end off a episode, or at least like bring some sort of conclusion to it, where we say the world is in need of blank today. Okay. So thinking of what that blank is, whether it be for black people or for creatives or for people of New York City or just people in general, like what is our world in need of today? And then you could speak on it. Okay. Um, now? Yeah, drop yeah. your gems. Um, <laughs> I think the world is in need of and for the future and in the past it's in need of empathy mm. like just to put it in one word understanding of other people's cultures other people's lives and also understanding that you're not the only person that goes through it because i think lack of empathy comes from being selfish isolationism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel like if people were empathetic or as empathetic as they say that they are we wouldn't have as many problems that we have today there wouldn't be problems with cultural appropriation there wouldn't be problems with racism or people just being insensitive to other people's plights or anything Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying don't cut ass on people because i'm the first to (laughs) cut ass but (laughs) i'm saying um cut ass from a place of love yes yeah yeah like your brother no (laughs) (laughs) but no I, i feel like um if people put themselves in other people's shoes and then have an understanding that um, this person across the street that you have no ethnic common ground with, like say you're a black person and this is a white person, you probably have a certain situation that you go through that you both can can relate to. Mm-hmm. And that will, create, that will create, that will do away with the separation that we have with each other by having conversations and understanding like hey maybe you're going through a relationship problem just like how i am and you're not your whole identity isn't just based on your race or your sexuality or your age not just all across the whole spectrum just be empathetic of other people understanding that everyone has their own story mm-hmm. and getting out of outside of your own life and out of your own head and then lending a hand or an ear to other people and i think that's what the world is in need of empathy Beautiful. You gonna do a quick word game? Facts. I, I love word games. Let's get it light. Get it light. Oh, oh, not like that. I feel like I don't got. It's like oh, a, this or that. Yeah, he was getting yeah. full on Harlem shaking here. <laughs> he was about to have an intermission and be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like a this or that, or a, you know, like first thing that comes to your mind when you hear of something. All right. Um, okay, so favorite borough? Harlem. I love how Harlem is a borough. Right okay. now. Flo said, <laughs> Flo said it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, favorite place to eat in New York? Um, C&J restaurant. Right. I was going to say that, but I just went there. <laughs> but um, is it Gato Ghetto to say Joe's Crab Shack? No. no. All right. I really like Joe's Crab Shack. Is it still open up there? Yeah. Okay. I like calamari. Okay. And they have really good calamari. <laughs> If you a seafood person, we could go out for seafood on another day. Oh my day. gosh, yes. The boil? Have you heard of it? Yeah, my girl told me about that. That's the mm. but bring her. Mm. Yes. <laughs> All right, next. Um, song you sing in the mirror. Uh Finally by CC Penniston. Okay, we gotta write that down. <laughs> Favorite oldie but goodie. It could be an eighties, nineties, or early thousands joint. Space gen- oh, drink. Or early thousands <laughs> joints. <Yeah. laughs> He's like, what? It's a rock. <laughs> um, like song? Yeah. Um. Uh. Jesus walks by Kanye. That's a solid one. Solid. I know we hate Kanye, but mm-hmm. whatever. It's a solid one. Yeah. Still listen to Piff's music, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite color? Uh, right. What's the first thing you'd buy if you had Oprah, Knowles, Carter, wow. V, Gates, <laughs> Bezos money? That's a lot of money. The first thing I would buy? Mm-hmm. First. She. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would buy food, but um, I'm right <laughs> <laughs> from Joe's Crab Shack. Buy out Joe Crab Shack. Catch the item. <laughs> I'm dead. I mean, I would buy probably a car, even though I don't know how to drive yet. We working on that. I, I mean, I mean, I know how to drive. I just don't have a license. Okay, you know, but yeah. we working on that. Yeah, there's another but, dude from Harlem that said that. 
like a couple of days ago. It's Sean, a lot of us. Sean Antoine <laughs> said the same thing. You know? It's crazy. What about a car? Just like a first time um, splurge kind of thing. Yeah. What was that car that you mentioned in one of your songs? I forgot the name of it. Which one? Yeah, I think it was four years. I think. I had to look it up. That's how I know. And I was like, oh, it's a car. I don't remember. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you okay. know. <laughs> favorite show? Oh, favorite show right now, Game of Thrones. Can't wait till it comes back next year. Mm. I haven't watched one season. You need, you need to one, get on it. one episode. You Unacceptable. Need to. It literally it's explains how life is going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's not hype. Okay. I feel like you didn't watch it because it's like hype. I feel like I'm too far behind. No. Everyone says that. But it, everyone says that. But I, you... And violence. It's like all of that. You could fast like forward. Excuses, Kristen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, where would you go to retire? Um, Rwanda. Why? Because... um. And I did say this in four years that I had went to Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Rwanda mo- booming in the aftermath of, of the massacre. massacre mm-hmm. You feel know I me? Mean? Um, because it's just a a very dope country with very dope people. I had went there to teach acting classes, and um, I fell in love with the the energy there because, of course, there was you know the Rwandan genocide, Rwandan genocide, and a lot of people had lost their mothers cousins uncles fathers and i feel like they all collectively understand that like hey we lost a lot of people we don't want this to happen again let's hold each other up and i got that vibe as soon as i got there and it's something that and i only went there for two weeks and i want to go again to get the actual full experience of rwanda and what it brings it's just just a dope country like they they every third saturday of the month they clean the the streets like just little stuff like that yeah the people yeah like stuff like that is just interesting to me collective collective work right there something that we also need to bring into this place too Mm -hmm. all right well that was the end of our game was it Mm -hmm. that's it you want more? Yeah, if you have more. Um, if you don't, then it's like... Okay, Ooh. we're going to say words, and now you say... We'll say, like, two words apiece, and you say the first sentence or idea that comes to mind. Ready? Love. He wanted more words. Yeah. He wanted more words. <laughs> um, marriage. Okay. Well, I, I just want to ask more questions now because you can't just say stuff like that. Do you have time to? No. Uh, you'll be back. You'll be right, back. back. You'll, you actually, you will be back. He now I know. Back. <laughs> Not on this, but he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, do you have another word? Um. Gosh. I'm thinking full out phrases like, um. Brock off your pocket. <laughs> Bashments, all white parties. <laughs> Ooh, all white. All yes. white. Yeah, I'm Jamaican. We always wear all white. That is so I'm true. literally wearing all white right <laughs> now. For those that don't see. Um, do I have another word? Uh regret. Mm. <laughs> um pain. Remorse. Uh sorrow. And I have to say it in these this tone of voice when I say things like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The takeover. Black excellence. Aww. And I do want to touch on that too. What what you guys are doing is very, very dope. And it's the main reason why I agreed to come on the show. Because it's really dope. It's organic. It's quality. You know, y'all not forcing it. Y'all really like doing it. And I see it going very far. So... Appreciate Thank that. You. Keep it up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. And so with that, um, I'll, I'll I'll hold us to a to a quick sponsorship. Um, it's something that I think us as creatives um, could also, you know, I want to say profit from, but actually like indulge into to see who else is out there um, and see what platforms are giving these platforms a space. Um, and so it is none other than underscore Avenue. 
Underscore is an up-and-coming social network for creatives and entrepreneurs to promote their talents, businesses, and grow widen their consumer bases and connect with each other across the world. Um, they also host showcases for their creatives and other events, including parties and panels. And they're going to be having a party, actually, on Saturday, June 16th in Brooklyn. Uh, the tickets are going to be $15, and they're available only through Cash App. So you have to pay before you, there will be no paying at the door. And you can pay at um, the cash sign, underscore, and the Venmo at understore. So they're called underscore Avenue, but you can pay at understore. And the event will be at Brooklyn Commons in Bushwick on 7 Marcus Garvey Boulevard from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. So that's Saturday, June 16th in Brooklyn, the Underscore Avenue launch party at Brooklyn Commons in Bushwick on 7 Marcus Garvey Boulevard from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And just know that it's a party for y'all to come through, get broke lit, off broke off your back, <laughs> shake that ass, watch yourself, back that ass up, all type of things that have to do with the derriere. Um, and of course, there's going to be music and it's going to be from Chicago's very own. So bringing over a Chicago artist, DJ Trouble Kid. So you can follow underscore Av. These are my boys. These are my my youngins out of Poly Prep. They're doing big things. You can follow them at underscore Avenue. That's U-N-D-E-R-S-C-O-R-E-A-V-E. And you can also follow them on Facebook. They have a page of underscore Avenue, um, underscore Av. So, yeah, it, creatives, like if you want to be also... Um, get yourself out there promo you can also promo through them the deal is that you have to give them five unique followers and then they'll post you um twice on their page and also post you all throughout the week on their insta story which i think is absolutely dope um you know their Issa Rae says don't network up network across network and i think across. that underscore av is really allowing that to happen organically as well mm-hmm. all right and so with that that's our first official sponsorship my guy the plug can i can i say um oh yeah oh yeah. do that plug plug um, you gotta plug my guy for sure plug book but um uh i have my album lucid coming out on june 10th so um if you're listening to this before june 10th it's not out yet but listen to it when it happens when it comes out and then if you are listening to it past or on june 10th is out right now on apple music spotify title uh google play Amazon, SoundCloud, LimeWire, whatever you whatever you wanna Frostwire. Frostwire. <laughs> Napster. MySpace <laughs> music. Anyway. Um and check it out. It's a it's a very important project to me and I hope it's something that, you know, you can listen to and enjoy too. Yeah. And the takeover has had the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to listen to it and we co sign it one thousand. Actually, we should make June 10th Piff Day, Lucid Day on the takeover. For sure. Of course. That way, when we'll take this sound bite and we'll chop screw, put it together, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Got you. Appreciate you. All right. So, with that, we are tuning out of. of There you go. (laughs) The takeover takeover with with Kristen. Christine and. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Dead. <laughs>